coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Ah, sweet. Thank y'all for joining me here. That was, um, once again, new intro music. Yeah, just a one-off. A one-off here. That was um, a song that I've been working on that I just... I thought I had finished mixing it last night, and now as I listen to that, I realize the vocals are buried a little bit there at the end. Um, they're just not quite cutting through the way that I want them to, but it, you know, it's it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Sounds pretty good overall. That song is called "Becoming Velveteen." Uh, lyrics by my wife Dina and everything else by me. So um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It, that that was kind of the tail end of it, um, but. The, the lyrics are very fun, very playful. Um, if you are familiar with the story of the Velveteen Rabbit, it is applying uh, that concept to aging. <laughs> so uh, it's a really, really cool song. I really like it. I'm really happy with the groove and the vibe that we got for that. And you know, as I was remixing it also, I really was, uh, I was having a good time just dialing in the sounds. I've been doing a lot of studying lately on mixing techniques so you know, if you compare this to ones that you've heard before, um, you know, if you've got an ear for it, you might realize like well, that sounds a lot stronger, denser. Like the the whole tune, uh, you know, everything just kind of pumps a little bit more. Um, and I've been kind of figuring that out slowly but surely. So my setup here has improved a little bit. I finally got some some quality monitors to listen through, and it's a learning experience because now I'm instead of listening through headphones, which you can't really mix effectively on those, I'm listening through some really nice speakers. But you've got to learn the speakers. Like what I'm finding is that they do tend to bury some frequencies or maybe not bury them, but they're not as pronounced as I'm used to them being in certain frequencies. So um, I have to kind of exaggerate those in my ear a little bit, bump those things up like the vocals in the mix. I listen to it. It sounds good. Then I listen to it elsewhere. I'm like, no, they're, they're down there a little bit. So it's, a, it's an interesting process, something that I have no formal training on at all, but I'm trying to, you know, learn a little bit. So. It's been a it's been a fun process. It has the writing process is fun. The recording process at home is a lot of fun. And again, these are just demos. These are what we are passing on to the uh, the people that are going to be playing on the actual album, so that they can learn the songs, practice it a little bit, and then we get into the studio and knock out the actual recordings. So, um, as far as demos go, they're probably a lot fancier and nicer than they need to be. But I'm okay with that. A little bit of a perfectionist here, so yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So, thank you for joining once again. No, this podcast is not suddenly all about music. Um, it is still about well, uh, some days it is about anything but bodybuilding, but that is the, the pretense behind the whole existence for this podcast, at least. So we will, uh, at some point in this episode, pretend, at least, and uh, we, will, we will perform lip service to the sport of bodybuilding. So uh, what else is going on? So there's the music stuff for me. Uh, there's, um, you know, my, my lifting and diet stuff has continued per on a personal level, been pretty good. Um, actually the, the lifting has been really, really good of late. Um, things are really dialed in. I've really been doing a much better job of maintaining my focus, um, going into the gym, walking in there with a clear head, um, not letting the little shit get in my way. Uh, which has always been kind of my downfall, which is I just get easily distracted, easily put into a bad mood based on stuff that I'm seeing or, you know, something isn't feeling quite right. I'm like, yeah, fuck this, blah, blah, blah. So that that has been um, gone away, gone away. That has been absent for the past month or so, which is great. So um, and it hasn't just been by coincidence. It's been a deliberate effort to try and tune some of that stuff out and just clear my head and think about more positive things. Um, the diet's been good as well. No complaints there. So, you know, I've gotten down to about 235. I'm back up to about 239 as of this morning, feeling tighter at 239 than I have in the past. Like if I really, really squint, um, the 
I've got more than a one pack right now. Like there's a little bit of abdominal definition hanging around at 239, which I'm cool with that. So um, the big news for the week, and this is big. If you've been following me on Instagram and checking my story there, you've seen these pictures. We are getting a puppy tonight. Oh, my God. Uh, this is coming to us from Small Breed Rescue of East Tennessee. Um, and her her foster name is Sugar. Um, that will not be the name that we keep for her, but she's nine weeks old. She's a six pound lemon beagle terrier mix. Um, and she is precious beyond words. And so she is coming here for a home visit, um, tonight at five o'clock. And yeah, you better keep your eyes on Instagram because if you don't think there's going to be a million videos and pictures and stuff, you, you just don't know me at all. Um, and, and really they're going to do a couple things. So they're going to, you know, inspect the house and just make sure that it looks like we're competent and qualified to take care of a dog. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they don't get an interview Taz as part of that process. He'd be like, yeah, these people suck. <laughs> right, buddy? He's asleep. Um, and uh, so there, there's a couple things that I'm a little concerned about. Like our, our back deck is elevated. It's 12 feet off the ground. And if there's a puppy that's not paying attention, you know, the, the railing isn't necessarily going to stop them from falling off the edge. We would just keep her away from there until she's bigger for sure. Um, and then there's a part of the yard that isn't um, completely and totally fenced off. It's fairly enclosed. Um, they may ask us to do something about that, but I don't anticipate big issues there. The real concern is, you know, how is she going to get along with Taz? Are they going to hit it off well? And I think they will. I mean, I would be really, really surprised if they had issues, but you know, life is full of surprises. You never know. That's really what we're looking for here. And assuming there are no issues, then we will, uh, we'll keep her here for, uh, a week up to a week as a temporary, um, thing. And at any point during that week, we can say, yeah, this is now permanent. And <laughs> then they'll, they'll cash the check that we, uh, that we give them today. So um, that's kind of how the process works. We're super excited. So 5 o'clock Eastern time tonight, um, just about 10 hours from now, is when that's going down. So I'm super excited. Super excited. Um, I, I did just uh, this morning post another picture of the uh, foster mom for this dog. Her name is Bonnie. She's very nice. Um, uh, she's been sending us pictures throughout the week ever since we spoke. I think it was on Monday, um, and just keeping us updated on how, uh, how 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 she's doing and sending us photos. And it's been really nice to continue to see those throughout the week. So um, the, it's funny because Sugar and her sister Pumpkin um, were actually born in foster care. Their mom came into Small Breed Rescue pregnant. Um, and so gave birth to them and they were immediately, you know, they were weaned and then they were just brought into foster care. So, um, she's, she's had a pretty, pretty cushy upbringing. Um, unlike a lot of rescue dogs, Taz was a rescue as well. I don't know what his story is. I know that when I got him, he was somewhere between one and three, but beyond that, I know nothing, absolutely nothing. So we, we can guess that maybe he was, um, around kids and um, those kids, they just love his ears and they'd pull on him. He's very sensitive about his ears and he's a little hesitant towards kids. Like he's not aggressive by any stretch of the imagination. But if a kid's all up in his face, he's going to growl a little bit and tell him to back off. Um, so <laughs> he's, he's good at setting the, the boundaries. The problem is a lot of kids at that age aren't good at picking up those cues. So we have to be careful with him around, around little ones, like ones that are down at his level. Um, like babies and stuff he's fine with. It's, you know, we have, we have a, a niece who's seven or eight and, uh, you know, she's, she's at that age where she's like, she wants to play with him, but she wants to like get up in his face and like hug his head. I'm like, don't do that. Don't, no, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. Not a good idea. He, he is 
becoming more and more increasingly tolerant of her, though, as am I, as she gets older. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. But uh, it's, it's also the truth. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> so uh, overall, it's been a solid week. It's been extremely busy. Um, as has been expected here. Uh, so business is, is booming and going really well. And one thing I realized is that, man, I am really, really lucky to be able to do what I do, um, to, to work from home, to have the freedom and flexibility to say, yeah, let, let's bring on a puppy, um, who is nine weeks old and is going to be super high maintenance. And yeah, she's going to slow me down a little bit during the day. I've got to take more time to watch her and monitor her and get her to stop chewing on stuff and take her outside every 45 minutes to pee. Um, but just to have the freedom and the flexibility to do that, to do something that I love doing and to help other people do that and get better as well is the, ever since January rolled around, even though I didn't get that vacation that I really wanted, fucking idiot. Um, which I really was kind of relying on to kind of recharge the old batteries still, the staycation helped just with a little bit of perspective um, and just chilling out a little bit. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a line in that song, Becoming Velveteen, that you heard at the start of this podcast that says, uh, you know, a little bit wiser and a little bit mean. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that kind of describes me now, too. It's not necessarily a little bit mean, just a little less caring about, you know, hurting somebody's feelings a little bit because maybe, maybe they need it going to be mean about it but I'm going to be honest and I'm not necessarily going to spare your feelings from that so um but also sometimes honesty means you know really building somebody up because you truly believe it so um anyway we got some stuff to talk about here we've got some good calls to get to I'd like to go ahead and jump in on that um I've got news on uh the segment of a or on the front of a recurring segment as well so we'll jump in there let's go ahead and go I'm going to take these in the order in which they came so this first message that we're going to get to comes back from January 16th this would have been last Thursday the day before the previous episode but you know I kind of ran out of time talking long-winded etc so here's what we got let's see hey Darren this is uh Jaime from California and I just have one quick question so I'm currently well, I've been on a bulking phase for a couple months now, and I've been taking this mass gainer twice a day, once in the morning, and then again after my workout. So I recently had a buddy of mine tell me just to be careful on how many times a day I'm drinking this mass gainer because he said it could lead to kidney failure or some other type of organ failure. So I was just wondering, um, can drinking too much protein powder um, lead or have some repercussions. I was just wondering what your take on that was. All right. Thank you. All right. Good stuff. Hyman, did I hear that correctly? I think. Um, so yeah. Um, mass gainers, I don't know. Uh, so to answer the, the more serious question here first, which is, you know, kidney failure, organ failure, if any organ is going to fail, it will be your kidneys for sure. Um, they're going to take the brunt of the impact from this. So the, the issue here is one of protein intake generally and kidney function. Um, does high protein intake stress your kidneys? Yes, it does. Does it stress it inappropriately? It depends, not always. Um, and uh, the great equalizer on this that's been proven in many studies is if you keep your water intake high, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't have any impact at all. Now, if you are pushing, you know, a buck 80 and you've got your protein intake at 450 grams per day, 
Uh, I'm going to tell you there's there's issues there. Your kidneys are going to hate you a little bit for that. But, you know, it's also not going to lead to kidney failure unless you're just really, really reckless. Like, there will be signs that things aren't good. You'll go in. You'll get your blood levels checked. Your kidney levels are going to be completely fucking haywire and bonkers. And your doctor's going to say, uh, tell me about your diet. And you're going to be like, well, I'm having 450 pro- grams of protein a day. And your doctor is probably going to say, yeah, you should probably stop that. And uh, I know that I poo-poo the advice of doctors on this podcast a lot because a lot of them, when it comes to nutrition, are not educated. They really aren't. However, that is solid advice. You should probably stop taking in 450 grams of protein a day. Now, if you're taking in 250 grams of protein a day, or women, if you're taking in 180, and similarly, um, if you're having kidney issues and your levels are coming back really high, yeah, knock it down a little bit. Now, what I don't want to do is issue a blanket advice and say, yeah, you should never go above one gram of protein per pound of body weight. If you can get a little bit higher than that, it can be very effective for building muscle. And it's also incredibly likely that you're going to have no detrimental side effects from that at all. Everybody is a little bit different. I've worked with guys who are about 200 pounds. And if they uh, had their protein much above 180 to 200, um, they'd go in and there you go, elevated kidney markers on their blood work. Interesting. Okay. And then I'm always asking, like, what's your water intake like? Because, you know, water is typically the great neutralizer for that exact thing. You know, you keep your water intake high, you keep your kidneys happier. Think of it as, you know, flushing the system throughout the day, basically. Um, so it's probably not a big deal. Stay up on your water intake, but it has nothing to do with the source. Like whether it's a mass gainer, whether it's chicken breast, it doesn't matter. It's just protein intake is what really matters here. And mass gainers usually are not overdoing it on protein compared to like a normal protein shake. It's just they have a ton of carbs and usually a healthy chunk of fat in there as well. We can have another discussion about how valuable a mass gainer is um, and how appropriate it is. Uh, And that's a difficult thing to answer because a lot of people will just offer a, a blanket uh, a blanket refusal like no you should never use those under any circumstances and you know me I'm not really going to fall in that camp on too many things you know crack maybe um, hatchbacks what else uh, lowered trucks um, you know chihuahuas maybe I don't know <laughs> <laughs> there's a few things there's no real reason for. So um, I'm just kidding. I love chihuahuas. M- only because they're dogs. If, if there's one dog breed I'm not really crazy about, it's a chihuahua. So um, I'm just, they are more likely to be assholes. That's all there is to it. Pure and simple. They are more likely to be assholes. That's, I said it. I said it. I'm sorry. I love all dogs, but chihuahuas are more likely to be assholes. You can still be a cute and be an asshole and still be lovable. I get it, but... Anyway, everything in context. So there are there are certainly times where I have, you know, as as a bodybuilding coach who does this for a living, you could even call me a professional. Um, I have written in mass gainers on people's plans before, especially for ectomorphs. You know, if you've got a guy who has you know a smaller frame and was really looking to put on size, they're going to have to eat a lot. A mass gainer can be a really good, effective shortcut to getting in a lot of calories if they don't want to eat five thousand calories of clean, solid food every day. I mean, it can, it's a lot to ask of someone's jaw, of their stomach, of everything, of their time, just because, you know, you can down a, a mass gainer shake in two minutes versus, you know, it might take 20, 25 minutes to eat a big ass meal. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there are certainly times where I would say it's appropriate. I don't know if I would ever plug one in twice a day. Um, 
And again, it has nothing to do with, oh, kidneys. Pro- I mean, you know, y- your friend just didn't know what they were talking about. Let's be clear about that, too. Um, and that, that's fine. You know, we don't expect everybody to be an, ef- an expert. But the, the honest truth is it matters much more about what your uh, total protein intake is rather than the source. And then whether or not a mask inner is truly appropriate is probably a different conversation from there. But nonetheless, really good question on that. So uh, let us go next. Um, the, what we have next here, this one comes to us from January 18th. This would have been what, last... Saturday, the day after the last episode. Let's see what we got. This is Paula from Missouri. I was wondering how you handle with um, going to a work dinner party or being invited to dinner last minute um, if you don't have a cheat meal or already used up your cheat meal. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Paula. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, how do I deal with it or how should you deal with it? Because those are going to be two very different things. How I deal with it is very simple. I just say, no, no, I don't want to go to your stupid party. No, thanks. No, I, I want to stay home with my dog, soon to be dogs, and sit on the couch and watch a movie or maybe remix a song or, oh, let's be honest here, catch up on some email. You know, <laughs> I'd rather do all of those things than go to a party. Nonetheless, sometimes it is uh, unavoidable. So, um, the first thing I would um, do is is argue with the premise of your question just a little bit. Um, if you get invited to something like this and you don't have or have already used a cheat meal, okay, so if you don't have one, that's one thing. But if you already used it, I would say, hmm, you didn't plan very well. Because um, usually those, if it's a party, those don't sneak up on you. You know about them in advance. And so what I would want you to do is like, yeah, okay, if you're going to that party, you have two options. Either you eat beforehand and you just don't eat anything there uh, or you use it as a cheat meal. And again, it's worth noting that the circumstances and the context here mean a lot. If you are in a maintenance or a growth phase, Paul, I know you're not, but just humor me here. Um, if you were, I would say, oh, and you already used a cheat meal. I just look at things and be like, you're fine. Go for it. You know, I wouldn't necessarily have 45 drinks and, uh, you know, clean off every appetizer plate, but don't feel like you've got to say no to everything. You know, you, you're in a phase here. You're holding on to your conditioning reasonably well. We're not putting on a, an, on body fat at an unacceptable rate or anything like that. It, be, be normal. I mean, th- this is what I do. This is this is my approach during um, during a growth phase. You know, I'm very hot and cold when it comes to this stuff. So which is not necessarily embracing the extremes. It's just the intensity with which I approach the diet has spots where it's very hot and spots where it's a little bit more cool. Um, during a maintenance or growth phase, um, unless I'm really kind of getting out of control and, you know, the waist is starting to lose check a little bit, uh, I'm going to let myself get away with stuff. Like, okay, uh, we're going to go to the movies. Okay, cool. I might have some popcorn there. Probably won't get butter on it, but, yeah, I'll have some popcorn. That's fine. You can get away with that. Yeah. Um, the wife says, Hey, you want to go out for dinner? Well, I didn't really plan for it, but yeah, okay, sure. And uh, I'm probably not going to get, you know, the fattiest thing on the menu, but I'm going to get something. It's going to be better than what I would have had at home and it'll be nice. And we'll have some good atmosphere and, you know, just get out and great. Awesome. That is good. That is good. Um, we do tend to take more of our cheat meals at home. Um, you know, Chinese pizza, five guys bring it home, et cetera. Again, dogs, couch, it's, it's an alluring combination. So, um, <laughs> when you've, when you've got a good home setup, it's like, yeah, I don't know, going out, eh. real world example here this week, we got an invite, um, last weekend to go meet up with a bunch of friends for brunch on Sunday to celebrate a friend's birthday party. Uncharacteristically, I said, yes. Am I regretting that decision a little bit? Eh, maybe, 
maybe. At the same time, it's at a place that is known for their brunch. Um, they have a brunch buffet, actually, so it's good. Now, am I losing my mind and losing any sleep over that? No. Again, I'm in a maintenance phase, well, growth phase, but basically, you know, we can think of it in binary terms. You're either in a cut, in a deficit, or you're not. Right now, I'm not. So, um, so th those are my rules and how I approach that here. Now, if you are in a cut, it's a little bit different. And I've said this many times this week just because I had a lot of clients who needed to hear this very thing. Um, when you're in a cut, the goal should be 100% compliance. And if you set the bar as something less than that, you've already kind of lost that battle. Um, the goal on a cut, as I do like to say, is to get done with that cut as quickly as you can. The more compliant you are, the more aggressive you are with how you adhere to it, the sooner you're going to be done with it, the sooner you'll hit your target, the, the less miserable you're likely to be just because, you know, you can run a cut and a deficit for a good long bit and be okay, and the longer it gets, the worse it gets. So if you can just hit it hard and be done with it by not screwing up, um, you're going to be a much happier human being. And then you'll be done with that phase. You'll move on to the next one faster. So if there are circumstances that are within your control, and let's be clear, most of them are. What aren't? You know, medical things usually. Everything else is in your control. It's just a question of how big of a pain in the ass is it to exercise control over that. Um, I have a guy who's uh, a, a client I'm working with right now who's traveling to, I think, Scotland this week. And so we were having this talk about how do I stay on plan? I'm like, you can do it, but, man, I'm not sure it's going to be worth it um, just because – the, the nature of the trip, the access to facilities that you're going to have, the accommodations. I'm like, you can do it, but it's going to require a Herculean effort, and I'm just not sure that the, that the reward that you're going to get out of that is worth the investment of the effort. So it might be good just to make reasonable decisions and just not sweat it too much. That being said, it's always possible to be compliant. Um, even under extremely difficult circumstances, it's possible. It's a question of whether or not it's worth it. So... Um, but the goal is to be done with the cut as quickly as you can, to get done with it. And so if it's pre-contest, great. So we've segmented out maybe 16 weeks or something like that. Um, but it's a good, solid, you know, as close to 100% consistent 16 weeks that you can. The one thing that I've been repeating a lot recently is if you are 90% compliant, you'll see some decent progress. If you're 100% compliant, you'll see great progress. The difference between 90 and 100% compliance in terms of effort is pretty minimal. At 90%, you're already doing most of what you need to, need to do, need to get done. You've already got the habits. You've got the routine. It's just maybe saying no to one other thing, exercising a little bit more self-control here, and you're good. You know, like one or, one or two better decisions per week gets you from 90 to 100%. It's not a big leap. But the leap as far as the um, severity of the results that you will see is really big, especially if you do that week after week and you're consistent with it. So um, I would encourage you to, if you're on a cut, to, to maintain the highest possible standards for yourself as far as what you expect from compliance. And uh, don't talk yourself into saying, oh, well, it's, it's okay, it'll be fine. But you know who says that? The people who say that are the people that are trying to help you sabotage yourself. You know, everybody's friends and family say that. One bite won't hurt. I'm like, first of all, is that relative or friend or family member, are they a coach? Do they know if that's not going to hurt or not? 100% compliance. That is the expectation. Now, I also, I know that I don't work with robots. I work with human beings. So um, it, it's unreasonable of me to expect 100% compliance from everybody throughout an entire 14, 16, 20-week period, whatever. It's just not realistic. Um, but that should be the expectation, nonetheless. And if we're not there... Um, 
we're, we're acknowledging that and we're, we're figuring out how we can go about improving that so that the next time around, whatever mistake that was, we won't make it again. So Paula, to answer your question, as far as strategies and how to deal with it, first of all, planning has a lot to do with it. Plan ahead for those things so that you know where they are, you know what's coming up on the calendar. Um, and then if it's more of a spontaneous thing, uh, and you just don't have room for it, don't have time. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to be better off in terms of results and th this is where I struggle. Um, and I realize I'm interrupting myself a whole lot here, but yeah, I got a lot of things I want to say on this. I struggle in, in my role as coach in balancing between helping you achieve your goals and achieving a little life balance because a little life balance can go a long way towards achieving your goals in the longer term. If we have a little bit more balance here, that means maybe you're less likely to quit entirely, in which case you would never achieve that long-term goal versus if we go a little slower by saying, oh yeah, we can work this in, we can work that in, then um, uh, suddenly this whole process becomes a lot more sustainable and it'll take you longer to get where you're going, but you'll actually get there. So I don't, that, that the value and the difference between those two things is not lost on me at all. Um, I really want to be a guy and my default response is just say, yeah, stop hundred percent. I don't care. hundred percent compliance is, is the expectation. And if you're falling short of that, it's because you're not trying hard enough. And I think there is truth in that. I do. I also realize that is not the appropriate answer for this question at all, at all times. So um, that being said, what, what I will give you is the extreme answer here, Paula, which is to say, you know, the 100% the compliance guy. What do you do? Eat a meal beforehand. Don't eat anything there. When people say, oh, you can have a little bit of this and that, blah, blah, give them a middle finger and tell them to shut up, um, which should be easy because you'll be probably hungry and cranky. <laughs> And tell them to mind their own damn business um, because what you eat is not their concern. Um, and honestly, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's food shaming. It's stupid. So um, they can shove it. I, I realize that's not a legitimate response for most people. Um, I wouldn't, I like to talk a big game. I wouldn't tell anybody that. Um, I, actually, I've come close a couple of times just with friends who are always giving me crap about my diet. I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of talking to you about my diet. I really am. And they kind of learn after that, like, oh, that's kind of a sore spot. Like, yeah, it, it's not that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm angry about my diet. It's that I'm sick of explaining it to you because you don't understand anything about what I'm trying to do here. You've never showed any interest in trying to learn about what I'm doing here. So um, you don't get a say in what I eat, and I don't want to hear what you have to say about it anyway. So I have, I have said that in, you know, slightly modified terms, but I got my point across and I haven't heard anything about my diet from that person since, and we're still friends. So, you know, uh, if, if you, if you walk that line carefully, you can, you can, you can tightrope it, you can do it. So hopefully Paula, that helps. Um, fingers crossed at least. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. So let's see what else we got here. Um, I think this might be a familiar voice. Hi, Darren. It's Paula from Missouri with my first recipe. I love making um, salmon, and what I like to do is add the grained um, mustard on top of the salmon, spread about a tablespoon or two. There's only like 10 calories per tablespoon, and then you stick it in the oven for however long. You can always Google it, and you take it out, and it tastes so good. I typically eat that with either my third or fourth meal. Um, and it just tastes amazing. I really like the Dijon mustard. All right. Hope everybody will try the recipe. 
Awesome. And there we go. With, with that, Paula has kicked it off, which I am ever thankful for. So, um, and along with that also, um, we did get a couple of, she sent a couple of photos here. So, um, I dig that. So yeah, basically this is really simple. This is the kind of thing that I'm looking for, um, where you take something and you know, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but, um, this is something where, how, how basic is this on a scale of 1 to 10, on a basic scale? This is like a 10 for how basic it is. You're taking a cut of fish, you're smearing some mustard on top of it, and you're throwing it in the damn oven and baking it. I mean, it's not complicated, right? It, it, you don't have to be super, super crazy involved with going all Martha Stewart you know, uh, and, you know, uh, having a, a blog post that goes on for, you know, six pages about what you have to do with a list of ingredients that you've got to print out on two separate pa pieces of paper to take to the grocery store. I mean, no, it can be really basic. Oh, salmon, mustard, bleh, oven, done. That's what I'm looking for. So, Paula, yes, you nailed it here with one exception. It's, it's a salmon recipe. I can't eat that crap. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, it's uh nasty 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 uh, i don't like it i don't like it i've, I've had um i've had interesting experiences with salmon um i think i've probably told this story here before but worth sharing again um an ex of mine was a big salmon fan so i thought i'd you know to get on her side i'm like i'm gonna make a salmon dinner for us i'm like i have no idea how to make this stuff and so i looked up this recipe about you know stuff to add to it and then what do you do okay so you put it in aluminum foil and then you tent the aluminum foil and then you throw it in the oven you preheat the oven you throw it in there this temperature for this long i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing i'm like that meme of the the dog wearing glasses like trying to look smart that says i have no idea what i'm doing that was me i'm like yeah whatever salmon i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. Uh, anyway, like, like a, a, an infinite number of monkeys with an infinite number of typewriters, one of them will eventually churn out War and Peace. I, through some miracle of culinary arts, hit a masterpiece stroke on this. I completely lucked into it. It had nothing to do with skill. It's just like, you know, I, I guess I followed the recipe the oven just happened to be, um, you know, because sometimes they run a little hot, a little cold. It just happened to be exactly what the recipe called for. I pulled it out at the right time. Again, total stupid dumb luck. Um, and and so I, I dished it up. I'm like, here you go. Here's dinner. And uh, she said, this is the best salmon I've ever had. I'm like, okay. Once again, total dumb luck. I couldn't do it again if I tried. I'm not bragging here. I just, it was a total, you know, it, it was like the... Uh, the, the the grandma who hits the half court shot at, at halftime of a basketball game. So it'll never happen again. You know, gra grandma ain't a pro. She just got lucky. Same thing here. Um, she said this is the best salmon I've ever had. I'm like, all right, cool. And I tried it. I'm like, yeah, I still don't like this. So it's not like I haven't had good stuff. It's just like, eh, unappealing. I'm not a fish guy, first and foremost. But salmon, you know, I grew up in Oregon also. I mean, we have access to really, really high-quality salmon in Oregon. And it didn't matter. didn't matter. It's like, nope, no thanks. So that being said, um, Paula did include a photo with this as well. So um, I will post this. Um, I'm going to post this on the blog post with... Um, with this episode, so that'll go up on the website. You can find it at thedropset.com under episode archive. I will also post this on Instagram too. So cause it's a, it's a good looking picture. I mean, it's salmon, so I look at it. I'm like, Ugh. but I mean, it really shows you like, yeah, this does not look like a 
mustard encrusted salmon piece necessarily. It's got like a little little crisp and a little char on it. I mean, it looks. If it wasn't salmon, I'd be like, God, this looks good. So I'm I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. So Paula, thank you for that. Um, that is exactly the kind of thing that I'm looking for. So once again. Everybody else, th this kind of sets the precedent here. This is what I'm looking for when I put out the request for recipes. Um, what was that, a week ago, I think? Yeah, just last week, which is um, uh, to you know, keep it relatively simple. You know, don't get too fancy with it. Um, and, uh, you know, sh share share your good ideas. Even if it's just, hey, this is how I prep chicken. And it really, I tell you what, if somebody comes up with an easy recipe for chicken, um, so I... I, I um, I did this last week. What I said was, hey, the first handful of people who submit their recipes and give me a photo and give me macros for, for this as well, um, the first handful of people that do that, I'm going to send you something of your choice from the uh, from the Five Star Physique apparel shop. So um, Paula got hooked up for that yesterday. Uh, she didn't send me macros, but, you know, it was also her idea to do this segment. So, yeah, I, I hooked her up. She's good to go. So um, what I'm looking for. Like the, you have a chance to be the savior of the drop set bodybuilding community. If you can do this, give me your chicken meal prep recipes criteria. It's gotta be simple. It's gotta be simple. Criteria number two, it would have to be something that a non bodybuilder might eat or at least would consider eating. So yeah, you might be okay with your dry rubber hockey puck chicken, but think about your boyfriend, girlfriend who isn't uh, isn't a bodybuilder. Are they going to eat it? If the answer is no, I don't care. I don't want to see your recipe. But have you stumbled upon the magic secret to make it work? I haven't. I haven't. I've had some stuff where I'm like, yeah, okay, this this works. This is good. I can I I'm, I can kind of enjoy this. But my wife is always like, I don't know how the hell you eat that crap. You know, she she's never going to eat it. Um, and so it, it doesn't pass, doesn't pass the test there. So if you have that recipe though, I tell you what, uh, I will hook you up. I will hook you up. So you got to call that in. I want a picture. I want, if, if it's anything other than just straight chicken with some freebies added, but if you're adding some stuff that does have caloric impact that might need to be tracked, I want those numbers as well. Um, but let's see it. Let's see what you got here. Come on, make with it, make with it. Um, so that's, uh, let me see here. That, that's, that's all I have to go over here. So clearly, you know, I, I, I need more voicemails. Okay. Um, but uh, what, what, what should I say here? Oh, yeah, the, the call-in number. That's what I would normally give here. The call-in number. Yes, 865-518-2974. I'll repeat that in a few seconds for you. Call in, leave your message just as you've heard here. I can bring those messages in. We'll play them on the podcast, and you can be uh, world famous among the, uh, you know, the 10 people that listen to this podcast. I'm just kidding. There's more than 10. There's probably 20. Um, so 865 518-2974. You can also go to thedropset.com. Phone number's posted right there along with the episode archive and all kinds of other good stuff too. So, um, And you can read more about my offerings as a coach um, at fivestarphysique.com, which is linked from the drop set as well. You can read about coaching. You can view workout plans and see all the other crap there. There you go. There is your commercial for the week. This podcast is sponsored by... Me, Five Star Physique. I am uh, promoting my own junk here. There you go. I don't know that I really have anything else to talk about. It's been 36 minutes. I could ramble on for, um, you know, a while longer, but I don't really feel the need to. I feel like I've said my piece. 
<laughs> I've, I'm starving. I'm really kind of hungry. I'm ready to go go to the gym and get in a workout and uh, go grocery shopping, clean up the house, get ready for a puppy, do some client check-ins. Today's a little bit of a slower day, thankfully. Um, I've got my uh, my Star Wars Lego set behind me that is still uh, not quite finished yet. So um, you know, I've, I've got big plans for today. I have... Um, there's another song that I am, uh, well, we're working on a whole bunch of songs right now. Basically, since I have kind of learned how to mix a little bit better, I've been going back and revisiting some songs. Like the one that opened this podcast, Becoming Velveteen, that was a song from a while back, but I had a mix of it that just kind of sound really, sounded really stiff, jilted, um, very repetitive. So I, I went back and gave it a much more proper treatment, did a remix on it, and I'm much happier with it now. So we've got a, a handful of other songs still that need that treatment on it. We've got four that I've redone that I'm really, really happy with. And there's another five or six still to go and give that treatment to. So I'm going to work on one, um, start working on this today and over the weekend a little bit. I need to retract some vocals on it from my wife, have her re, um, redo some parts and add some additional parts to it. Um, it's called Portraits Rearranged, which is a kind of a sad song, and it is my my story. I wrote that one. I, I wrote the words for that one. My wife kind of helped clean it up a little bit. Um, but that's a, a story of you know how I was feeling when I moved away from home, basically. So a little melancholy, a little sad, um, but it's like a uh, it, it starts out quiet and it builds into this um, really really huge climax um it's definitely like a power ballad <laughs> so i'm i'm really really pleased with how it sounds and i still need to do to redo some parts and hit some overdubs on it so it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's one it's gonna be a lighter song you know one of those so i'm, I'm really happy with it but we'll, i'll share that with you coming up here in a bit so that's it uh, i'm gonna get on with it uh get on with my day here let you get on with yours as well and uh, once again i thank everybody Everybody who listens in, everybody who contributes, and you know what? You lurkers out there who listen and don't contribute, you know what? I love you anyway. So thank you for listening. First and foremost, that's what I need you to do. And if you email me, if you let me know what's on your mind, what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of, I will take that and run with it for sure. And you can email me, Darren at 5 Star Fitness. Dot com. That's Darren with one R, star with two R's. You can also just go to 5starphysique.com. That's five spelled out, star with two R's. Physique.com. There's a contact button there, a quick little form you can fill out, and that'll get to me as well. Uh, thedropset.com is where you'll find everything related to the podcast. You can hook, look, look me up, hook me up. You can look me up um, on Instagram at Darren underscore star. Also on Instagram. Ha ha ha, yes. A new Instagram account specifically for the band where we'll be posting music stuff. Um, that is uh, the name of the band, which I guess I probably should have opened up with. We actually have a band name. We have a website. We have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook page. Holy shit, what's going on here? The name of the band is Sketch Eclectic. So you can find us on Instagram at Sketch Eclectic Band. Um, or Sketch Eclectic on Facebook. Also, the website is simply sketcheclectic.com, spelled exactly like it sounds, nothing fancy about that. So, um, And you can check out the website. You can read uh, uh, cheesy bios, see photos, um, see, uh, see some demo videos. We'll post demo tracks up there as well. So um, should be good times. Once again, this album is happening, and gears are moving. Um, we are actually looking to promote it a little bit as well. Go us, yes. So... Um, Anyway, once again, thank you everyone for listening. This has been the longest wind down in the history of the drop set. I'll let you all get on with it. We'll be back next week with a little bit more. So call in, leave your messages, let me know what's on your mind, and we'll talk about it.